So you want to go to the majority who will understand business-related aspects of what you have to say about. You have to be a thought leader. You have to either have your own independent, unique thoughts that are so completely different than everything else they're reading, or you have to find what other people are saying, like in a magazine, a newspaper article, anything online, and you have to look at it, read it, and interpret it through your own professional lens. Welcome to Smashing the Plateau. We help consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs, and small business owners build their business after a long career as an employed professional. We believe you should be able to do what you love and get paid what you're worth consistently. I'm your host, David Schreiner-Khan. Today on Smashing the Plateau, I'm speaking with LinkedIn coach Mark Halpert. Mark helps consultants and professional service professionals build their thought leadership with LinkedIn. In today's episode, you will learn how to be viewed on LinkedIn as a resource, providing high-quality, consistent ideas to your audience. Stay with us to hear all the details. Do you struggle to take consistent action on things like improving your LinkedIn presence? How do you feel about your business building progress? Would you like to be part of a structured, supportive process to help you implement ideas that you know will help you move the needle toward your goals? As a member of the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll have access to a structured process for growth. You'll also be a member of a community that is built to be a safe, caring place where inclusive, direct, active, and empowering conversations are welcome. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support you as an entrepreneur, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. If you're committed to getting your consulting, coaching, or small business to grow on your own terms so that you can deliver great results to your ideal clients, while supporting the lifestyle you want and you don't want to do it alone, apply to become a member of the Smashing the Plateau community. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Mark Halpert. Mark is a self-described multipreneur. Since leaving the corporate finance world in 2001, Mark has started three companies, all of which he still operates. Mark, welcome back to the show. Nice to be back. How many years has it been? I mean, since you've been on? Yeah. Um, good question. And I think you've been on more than once. Probably. I don't, that's good. Is I come back yeah. where the quality is. That's all. Uh, you're very kind. Anyway, as a multipreneur, you are multi-talented. One of your talents and your specialties is LinkedIn. And for our audience, one of the most common questions I hear about social media and LinkedIn in particular is, how can I increase my revenue? With LinkedIn. And these are, I'm thinking about consultants, professional service providers, people who are mostly selling themselves and mostly they are the business. Great. All right. Well, first I'll say I am not an employee of LinkedIn. So I got to throw that out there. I will say things that probably are somewhat non-conservative. So anyway, LinkedIn changes all the time. Let's just face it. It does. It changed twice last week. Pretty Interesting new things they threw on there, new bells and whistles. Not a sea change, but enough to make use of LinkedIn something you have to be on top of all the time. If you're not keeping up with it, your profile is not keeping up with the rest of the platform, but it's not keeping up with you. 
because you are constantly changing and you have to keep that profile reflecting you in every shape and form you morph into. And we're all changing. Like, let's think about two and a half years ago. We never knew a pandemic was coming. We all have a different approach to business now as a result of surviving through the pandemic. So you have to be able to speak to the audience, which means you have to know why you do what you do. And I probably said this on a previous broadcast. I've been harping on this for years, and I'm amazed at how many people can't express why they are better, different, smarter than the competition. And that's vital. That means you have to take a total inventory of everything you're all about and take an inventory of everything your competition's all about, and you have to figure out where you can do that much better so that you rise to the top of mind when somebody says, hey, I need an entrepreneur who does this. Can you refer me to somebody? Revenue opportunity number one. You have to be top of mind, ping on the radar screen of the memory of the person being asked. How do you do that? And I'll just keep going until you ask me another question. Uh, You go this way by being constantly relevant and interesting in the things you post on LinkedIn, because that's your distribution. If I post something today, David, since you and I are connected, you'll see what I post and everybody you're connected to will see what I post. And everybody I'm connected to, of course, will see what I'm posting and they'll share it on. And it goes on and on and on. It goes what we used to call viral. We can't say that anymore. All right. No, it has a negative connotation these days. It has a negative connotation. We used to want to go viral. Remember those old days? But we know what it means. Yeah, we know. Now we know very well what it means. So, what does that tell you you need to do? It means that if your post goes, quote unquote, viral, and somebody comes back and looks at your profile, are they getting your personality, your intellectual capability, how you can help them achieve a better? why they do what they do, which means you have to be telling why you do what you do. So let me stop you there and ask you, Mark, why do you do what you do? My why is I am entirely 110% client-centric. My clients get me every day, all day, anytime they need me for whatever they need that is in my expertise area, which means I will answer a question. Somebody will call me up and say, hey, I don't know how to do this on LinkedIn. That's a what to do. That's LinkedIn for dummies. Okay. They're not dummies, but this is like, I can hold your hand and I can tell you where to click and where to click and where to click. And then you'll get to where you want to do. I always add what I call a dollop of marketing on top of that. Hey, and you know, Hey, you can use that thing that you just learned how to do. Let's talk about two or three ways you can do that. So I'm always giving of my understanding and my ability to make my client, my prospect achieve that which they cannot achieve. So my why is to help other people do their why amazing more amazing than the competition. Now, you mentioned that it's really important to keep your profile up to date. How often do you suggest people revise their profile? I tell all my clients, put it on their calendar once a quarter. You don't have to revise it completely soup to nuts. You can go into it and say, you know, I'm not, I'm, I could say this a little bit better, or this didn't quite pan out the way I expected it to. I can change those words around a little bit. 
Because LinkedIn is not about your past. That's done. It's over. That's your resume. That's your obituary, as I like to say. Your obituary can be written very nicely over your resume because it's all past tense. LinkedIn is how you bring to the table today that which you learned in your past and why clients want to follow you into the future, you guiding them based upon your past contributing to your present, your present indicating your future. It's a continuum. And when people understand you have the experience in your past for today, and you're so on top of what's going on today, that you will, by definition, adapt and adopt the new things coming in the future, they hang on. They want to ride that coattail. And you have to say that. You have to be comfortable enough to say that. And I'm amazed at the number of attorneys and accountants and architects and anybody as an entrepreneur. I ask them, why do you do what you do? And they, they look at me like, I don't know, because my father was a lawyer. I get that a lot. Or it's all I could figure out to do when I went to graduate school. Can't tell you how many times I hear that too. It's frightening. But when you find somebody who left corporate, as I did, never looked back 20 years ago, and said, I'll never go back into an environment like that. My future is based upon the things I learned in my past, what I bring to the table today, and how I can learn and improve upon them as the world changes. Well, once a quarter is certainly doable in terms of reviewing your profile and looking at what needs to be updated. That seems totally reasonable. I love what you said about having to stay top of mind and also being relevant and interesting. One of the questions I hear a lot is, how do I get people to see my posts? And I would say, can you talk a little bit about the actual numbers and also talk a little bit about the quality? First of all, there's 815 million people on LinkedIn around the world on, what, 15, 20 different time zones all around the world, all right? Don't try to time it. First of all, you're never going to hit everybody. It's impossible, all right? They don't all speak your language, okay? Get through that. They don't understand your industry, your jargon, the acronyms you use. So you want to go to the majority who will understand business-related aspects of what you have to say about. You have to be a thought leader. You have to either have your own independent, unique thoughts that are so completely different than everything else they're reading. Or you have to find what other people are saying, like in a magazine, a newspaper article, anything online, and you have to look at it, read it, and interpret it through your own professional lens. When you do that and you put your concepts out there on a consistent, reliable basis, people will want to read you. It's like, who's your favorite opinion op-ed writer in the New York Times? You read them every time they appear because you found that you have a unique connection to them. You want to be one of those thought leaders. You want to be bringing constant new blood out to the market to show the market you're on top of all this stuff. How do you do that? You post about it. You put a pithy introduction. I found this article to be so compelling, especially the section about. And while I like what the author said about this, and you can do this once in a while, I don't necessarily agree with that. And here's why. 
It's okay to be professionally different, but mostly you have to bring them quality because not everybody reads the New York Times. I know that's a shock for the New York audience, but I've had so many people say to me from South Africa or I don't know, anywhere in Europe, I don't read the New York Times. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. It's available to them. All they have to do is go online, but not everybody reads everything. I don't read the South African newspapers. So let's, you know, let's be honest here. When you continuously bring something interesting, where you're bringing your either same industry readers or people outside your industry reading you to a higher level, the appreciation factor kicks in, the warmth of the heartstrings comes back, and people converse. Thank you, David, for posting that. I really appreciated that. Then, David, what you do is you say, what, Mark, did you appreciate the most? So instead of these stupid thumbs up and clapping hands that we get all these emojis on LinkedIn, which tell you nothing about why the people clapped their hands or gave the thumbs up, use words, folks. I'm a one-man crusade against emojis. Tell me why you like something. What does that do? It makes me feel good that I help my audience, but it also tells me what else they're finding interesting that I can be ready and attuned to and put out there for them in the future to get it out there. That helps a lot with context about quality. Can we talk a little bit about quantity and structure? I'd love to hear your thoughts about how often you think consultants and others that are selling their professional services should be active on LinkedIn, how frequently, how much time per day, per week, per month, and what, besides updating your profile once a quarter, there are a lot of different ways you can use LinkedIn. So what should you actually do? But let's let's start with the activity. Like when should you be on LinkedIn? How much time should you spend there? And then what should you do? There's no way to answer it. There's no way to quantify it. What time frame, you know, 7 to 9 a.m.? No. Whenever you have something important to say, whenever you read something, no matter what time you read it, you should be commenting on it as soon as you have an opinion about it. I will often read something in the evening and put it out there just because why should I make people who are in Europe wait for me to wake up the next morning and put it out there? Why not just put it out there? So when you are incented to put something out there that you really appreciate, that you think is important, that's the time to put it. How frequently? As often as you have something important to say. But there is a number. You have to at least have something once a week. You have to have something to say once a week. Or else you're sitting in a very small room. You must be sitting in your prison cell if you have nothing to commit to the market once a week. At least. Sometimes I will post once a day. As you know, I write a blog. It appears at 8 a.m. every morning. So I'm at least once a day. And it appears and goes right into LinkedIn every single business day. That's something that you're doing consistently based on a schedule versus when you feel like you have something important to say. But that's not the only time during the day I will say something. Some days I'm out there seven, eight times a day if I have something important or interesting to say. That's not every day. Sometimes on Saturday or Sunday, I'll put something a little bit light, a little feature-oriented that I read in a newspaper or a magazine or whatever, something I think interesting, something a little humorous. I like to have a little fun once in a while. I think everybody does. This is not just the Wall Street Journal. This is everybody's interest. Everybody's here to share the common condition. We need, as entrepreneurs or as 
purveyors of intellectual capability. That's lawyers, accountants, whatever you want to be. You have to have something interesting to bring attention to you. You will be forgotten if you are absent. You will petrify if you haven't put something on there at least once every couple of weeks, because who remembers a name that flashed across your screen once every two weeks? Nobody. Nobody, nobody, even if you're connected to them. You will also ruin your reputation if you post everywhere you're having business breakfast, business lunch, business dinner five days a week. That's just not what this is all about. Don't tell me how busy you are or how well-fed you are. Tell me what you're working with. What are you working on? What are you finding interesting? What trends are you following? What things are you seeing that are bringing you to a higher level? Bring me with you to that higher level of knowledge. How long does that take? As long as it takes, folks. Now, how do you take each post and make each post resonate better? You use hashtags in the post, and you can use at signs and tag people at David Schreiner Khan. I thought this article would be really interesting to you, knowing you have an interest in. I hope you'll comment on it. So you even ask for a call to action at the end of the post. Otherwise, it sits on the wall, sticks on the wall, and stays there until somebody peels it off. And that wall doesn't stay up very long because like a snowflake in a snowstorm, everything you post gets buried under everybody else's stuff. So the way to unbury it is to use hashtags so that people who follow those hashtags also begin to follow you because you're appearing on their screens and they don't even know you. Or you would use invoke their name by using an at sign in front of their name. Then they feel almost obligated to respond. So it's a little bit of psychology. Everybody wants to feel important. Everybody wants to feel called on. And everybody wants to read and learn from the ones who are relevant, reliable, and consistent. And what do you, if you're tagging somebody and hoping that they respond and you'd like them to respond, but you're not sure that they've even been notified, even though you, you have tagged them using the LinkedIn, at, the at sign on LinkedIn, is there something else you can do to prompt them to respond? Sure, absolutely. Every time I meet somebody who I really respect intellectually and in the conversation while I'm getting to know them, to connect to them, because I always talk to people before I connect them. I just don't accept a connection willy-nilly. I'll say at the end of the phone call, really enjoy talking to you, David. I really hope that we will be able to converse on LinkedIn together. So do me a favor and I'll respond. I'll, I'll re- reciprocate to you. Every time I put a post on LinkedIn, if you think it's worthy of your comment, please comment. And David, I'll do the same for you. Is that a deal? You feel honored, hopefully, complimented. I've gotten your permission, your buy-in, your opt-in, and I'm going to do it. And I do this with people all over the world. And I'm getting a global perspective that I never had before because I've expanded my horizons. And it's absolutely fascinating. And everybody they know now sees me and they want to know more about me. And they approach me or they might just start following me or they might be commenting. So there's a guy in Belgium a guy in South Africa, this guy in Belgium, every morning, he puts something out, I give him a comment. He comments back, I comment to him. This guy in Virginia, he's a lawyer. He's talking about the law. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but that's my market. I do do a lot of work with lawyers as 
you know, professional practitioners using LinkedIn. And they don't use it well. So I've got a giant market out there. He was my client. And he said, Mark, how do I get traction? And I said to him, you put my name on your intelligent posts. I guarantee you, I'll give you back an intelligent comment. You give me back an intelligent comment to my comment. Conversation will go from there. And it did. And he's, he's a believer. And he does it every morning. We've talked a lot about the spontaneity nature of these conversations and the communication on LinkedIn. We also spoke a little bit about the fact that you have a planned set of posts that go out. How much in advance do you think about what is going to be planned? And how do you kind of set out the structure to get the planned posts out? That's an area a lot of people struggle with. It shouldn't be so hard. Let me tell you, it was at first, but you learn. First of all, I learned that I love to write. It's fun. And I like to write about stuff that comes across my screen. And I see it all. And let me tell you, I see it all. And I just did one the other day. What not to do on LinkedIn today? You know, and it was just such an abomination that this person did. Came across my screen. Typical stuff. You get it. I get it all the time. Hi, I'm your new best friend. I've got this amazing service for you. Would you please connect with me so I can tell you all about it? No, I don't really care. Because you haven't even researched who I am and whether I need your your product your service. And it was so off the mark that basically I sanitized, it was her message, and I made it my blog post because it was terrible. What not to do on LinkedIn? Man, did that hit hit a nerve because we all get this nuisance stuff. And this is not what LinkedIn is meant to be. It's not Facebook. It's not Twitter. You're not throwing it out there and hoping it sticks. So what I do is I Right on either Saturday morning, 6 a.m., I'm down in my office writing because I'm fresh, I'm clean, I'm, I'm clear. Or Sunday morning, I write five blog posts in advance a week. I let them sit on WordPress and I meter them in. I just say, I want this on Monday at 8, this Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And, but I always have the ability to pull it back and put it into the following week if something really compelling like this, what not to do example comes and it just pushes everything aside and that's fine. So I like to let people know you can expect to hear from me at 8 a.m. every business morning with a tidbit, I call them nuggets, of what I think are effective ideas to make you do better. I've written 2,300 blog posts right now. So I've got, I've got a massive library of this stuff. And I do draw upon old items. And I do revive them because I think sometimes there is good to bring back the old stuff from before and remind people that I've written about this before. So it's very easy. You can subscribe or you can just look for me on LinkedIn. It's going to be on my Facebook business page. It's going to be on my Twitter feed. It it goes all the places because WordPress lets you put it into all your social media at the time and date that you want it. That's so easy. It's so easy. It is pretty. It's pretty easy. So thank you for sharing that. Because again, it's an area that a lot of people struggle with. Now, you like to write, as you've mentioned, and we've talked about things that are mostly text-based. And you can insert non-text items in LinkedIn. What do you do that's non-text-based? I went for a long spate of doing only video blogs. No one's reading them. They had, no, they had a very low open rate. So I stopped. Now, I haven't done that recently. But it was before, I think it was in the early days of the pandemic, I think people were just basically overwhelmed with too much video to watch. I like 
at least a really good, rich graphic on every blog post that I write. I just don't slap up words. I have a picture, a graphic, sometimes there are videos that complement what I'm saying, but don't exactly hit it. So there's a thought process. Well, wonder why he put that. Oh, I see. As he got to the end of the blog post, he kind of developed that theme a little bit. I like to make color, action, whatever. I've used two animations. I had two animations done for my business. People love them. I mean, these are cartoons that an animator did for me. Really simple stuff voiced over by either me or my clients who volunteered to voice over for me, where they said how I really helped them, whatever it was. I send that as an email ahead before I have a conversation with somebody to qualify them for my services. And they get visually and they say, that was so much fun. I watched it four times. Bingo. That's exactly what I want to hear. Because no one gets anything once. They have to see it at least twice or three or four times once in a while. But okay, let them get a different nuance every time they look at it. And they'll, I'll walk into a room or <laughs> we don't do that anymore. My name will be out there and somebody will call me because, aren't you the animation guy? Didn't you put that animate? So yeah, it's working. It's so different. I don't know many people using animation. So gra- videos, graphics, whatever, put a, get, put a YouTube up there. You know, you, you mentioned before other ways to use LinkedIn to give yourself credence about what you do. Say you have an article published or you're quoted in a book, or you wrote a book. Well, good for you, okay? So you put a post up there, and like the snowflake and the snowstorm I was saying before, the post is gone tomorrow. It's gone in an hour, right? Ah, but what do you do? You make a featured pane on your featured section of your profile, and you make that book or article or video, whatever it is, one of the first featured sections. So when somebody comes to your profile and they're scanning down, there's that featured section. They don't have to go search for the post. And you put it in your publication section. So you've memorialized it there forever and ever and ever. So I've two books under my belt. One book's in second edition. Loving it. I'm on podcast. This will be post featured publication as soon as this comes out, like you said, in July. Sounds good. But Mark, you clearly use LinkedIn in lots of ways that many people don't. Where would you love to see the platform go in the future? I would like to see the platform think less like a job board and be more of a water cooler conversational place for the global community. They're getting there. They're trying. But LinkedIn's run by a lot of really young people. And they just don't see the way this old guy sees it. So I don't know. I'm a little bit on the out sometimes, but I think some of the things they add are great. Like that bell that they added a couple of weeks ago. If you, if I look on your profile and I click your bell, that means I don't have to wait for the algorithm to send me every one of your posts. I'm going to get your post right away. Everybody, whoever you like to read, go ring their bell on their on their profile. Uh, this other stuff they've done that I think is like like polls. I've had it with polls. I can't stand the polls anymore. I mean, there was one woman who did, what do you like on your hamburger, mustard or ketchup? No lie. And I went berserk. I couldn't stand it any longer. This is not what we're here to do, folks. Go to Facebook. So there, there are people who take the next shiny penny and that's all they do. And they just drive it into the ground. I would like 
LinkedIn to be able to be a little smarter about how they roll this stuff out. Just don't throw it out there. Give some guidance. Give some examples. Tell people best practices. Ask LinkedIn coaches, how do you do? I mean, engage with us because we're out there doing your work for you. It's like we're giving them free advertisement. I don't know. I'm a rah-rah. I've always been. I'm a cheerleader. I love what they do. I love the concept because it allowed me to come out of my shell, allows all the people I coach to come out of their shell, especially boomers, especially people, boomers who have been pushed out of a job or left the job, took the early buyout, and suddenly they're on the street and they say, oh my God, I haven't looked for a job in 30 years. I don't know what to do. Well, folks, go get your LinkedIn polished. Go get that ready because that's the first place HR looks. They don't look at resumes anymore. No one reads resumes. So that you want to tell your story, tell your career narrative, tell us why you do what you do on LinkedIn. Get into the head of the interviewer. And if you're if you're building your business as a consultant, same thing. Absolutely. You don't have to build a website, but you do need a LinkedIn profile. If you don't have a LinkedIn profile, you don't exist in today's business. Pretty much. Uh, we, we can talk all day. <laughs> yes. No, no, I love this. This is great. Um, I want to thank you so much for coming back to, and specifically spending this episode talking just about LinkedIn. Because I know in the past, we've talked about other things, including LinkedIn, but this has been great. So Good. if somebody wants to go deeper with anything that we've talked about or, or get in touch with you, check you out, where do they go? Hey, guess LinkedIn, okay? LinkedIn.com slash in, I-N, slash Mark, M-A-R-C, Halpert, H-A-L-P-E-R-T. Or you can go to Connect to Collaborate. That's my company name. That's my website. You can subscribe to my blog. It doesn't cost you a dime. And you get some, I think, some pretty good stuff every morning at 8 a.m. And you can set your watch to it because it's coming every morning at 8 a.m. Every business morning, I should say. Sounds great. My guest today has been LinkedIn coach, Mark Halpert. Thank you again, Mark, for joining us. Thanks so much, David. I'm glad we'll be back. When you visit the Smashing the Plateau website at smashingtheplateau.com, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. On today's episode with Mark Halpert, we learned how to be viewed on LinkedIn as a resource providing high quality, consistent ideas to your audience. Do you struggle to take consistent action on things like improving your LinkedIn presence? How do you feel about your business building progress? Would you like to be part of a structured supportive process to help you implement ideas that you know will help move the needle toward your goals? As a member of the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll have access to a structured process for growth. You'll also be a member of a community that is built to be a safe, caring place where inclusive, direct, active, and empowering conversations are welcome. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll find a range of tools and resources to support you as an entrepreneur, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. If you're committed to getting your consulting, coaching, or small business to grow on your own terms so that you can deliver great results to your ideal clients while supporting the lifestyle you want and you don't want to do it alone, Apply to become a member of the Smashing the Plateau community. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com, where we have additional resources to help consultants, coaches, and entrepreneurs build their business after a long career as an employed professional. We believe you should be able to do what you love and get paid what you're worth, consistently. I'm David Schreiner-Khan. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. 
I'll see you on our next episode.